All right, and welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. I'm Joe Bond, content manager over here at So Called Fantasy Experts, and uh, creator, owner, whatever you want to call it, of FantasySixPack.net. Um, my co-host AJ Applegarth uh, ran into some difficulties at work today, so he's going to be about 20-30 minutes late. So you've basically just got me for the first half an hour. Hopefully, not any longer than that, because I'm sure you be sick and tired of hearing just my voice at that point but i do have a little bit of a surprise for you my first guest uh tonight the only guest tonight i guess i should say is um our dfs writer over at fantasy sixpack.net uh keenan keeling what's up man hey how's it going thanks for having me back yeah, uh, it's been a little while. I haven't had a whole lot of guests on here, to be perfectly honest with you. I've been kind of busy at work, and I I kind of plan these shows the day of and don't really think too much ahead about these, unfortunately. <laughs> um, you know, 10 to 12-hour days at work will do that to you. Um, but, yeah, yes, so sir. our first topic tonight, I wanted to get into this uh, Daily Fantasy, you know, the, this lawsuit against DraftKings and FanDuel. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, I haven't read the whole lawsuit. I kind of skimmed over it. I've read a couple articles about the, the gist of it. Um, but for for the listeners who, you know, have not heard a whole lot about it, you know, kind of the, the gist behind it is that as soon as, if you know the the these sites came out and kind of said that there might have been insider trading between some guy I think he won like a $350,000 prize. I don't know which site he worked for exactly if it was DraftKings or FanDuel but he won on the other one. Um and there was a big you know bunch of people going crazy about it. Oh my god, this is crazy. Like you shouldn't allow that. You shouldn't get his money and all the sites are now saying you can't play on competitor sites. They already were saying you couldn't play on your own site. That would be ridiculous if they were to allow that. I agree. But now they're saying that you can't even play on the competitor sites. Eh, whatever. Um, I guess it's basically the same information. So I guess I sort of understand that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you know, now as soon as that came out, it was like a week later, maybe not even. Some guy is now suing them claiming that, you know, this is rigged basically that, um, you know, especially and he starts talking about like all the, all the robots and, and scripts that are written to put in multiple lineups into the same, into the same tournament, you know, and it basically doesn't, it's not a game of skill anymore. It's, it's just betting when it gets to that level because it's just computers playing against computers and it's stupid and these guys should get their money back because, you know, they didn't agree to play against other computers. And it's kind of crazy. Uh, he named names, like parts of the lawsuit. He named like pretty big people's names in, in the DFS world and the fantasy football world. You know, I know for one drew Dinkmeyer who won the million dollar prize last year. Uh, he was named as part of this, not like suing him specifically, but it's like, this portion of the lawsuit is going to be named after Drew Dinkmeyer. It's like, what? This guy's kind of yeah, crazy. crazy. At the well, same well, time, though, it, like, this guy's kind of got a yeah. point. Like, you know, like, the, 
these robots and scripts came out, you know, that this was being, that this was happening earlier in the summer, I, I believe mm-hmm. during baseball season. And I remember hearing about it and thinking to myself, my first thought was they've got to stop this. Like they can't, they somehow have to stop this from being allowed. Um, and they didn't yep. do anything. They just kind of said, well, it is what it is. Like, I think they were kind of being greedy to be perfectly honest with you. And it's now bit them in the ass. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's worth backing up a little bit to sort of make sure that, that the listeners know what happened. So during the NFL week six, uh, you know, week six Sunday, <laughs> uh, Ethan, his name is, his first name is Ethan. I'll just leave his last name off. Um, an employer for, he's employed by Jeff Kings as a writer. Um, and he writes the uh, millionaire maker article about ownership percentages. He, he gets some information from, uh, from their database about owner, player percentages ownerships, and he writes an article about it. He released that information with player ownership levels that contained players that hadn't played yet. So if you play on, on DraftKings, you sort of know that, well, it's a late swap site where you can swap out your players up until the time their game starts. So having ownership information about a player that hasn't played yet could affect your decision about who you play in, in all that, on that giving weekend. Um, the amount that helps or hurts players is up for debate, and that's sort of not for me to say. Um, but he released that information, and it caused a huge uproar during week six because it also happened to coincide with him taking down a about $350,000 prize on FanDuel in one of their tournaments. Um, and, of course, that sort of sparked the insider trading rumors. Um, the problem with all of the, the, the conversation that's happened thus far about that incident is that it's basically gone reported reasonably poorly, in my opinion, and, and it's been, uh, you know, how it is, headlines sell, and so it's been insider trading this and insider trading that. And the fact is, is that today, um, independent uh, commission who looked into the incident, you know, showed that no uh, no information changed hands, or, or he, Ethan did not receive any information about these, this player ownership until after he had locked his lineup on FanDuel, FanDuel being a site where your entire lineup is set at 1, one o'clock on Sunday and, and you can't make any more changes. So, I mean, that just sort of clears up the very, very small but, but exposed incident that sort of sparked this. I think the bigger issue you touched on, uh, Joe, is the DFS uh, the major DFS players, FanDuel, DraftKings, sort of not being proactive in cleaning up some of the things that could be perceived as unfair. You know, whether they're fair or unfair kind of doesn't matter, right? If you're talking about Joe, you know, they've got ads on television which show that any person can win a bajillion dollars by putting in a 25-cent lineup onto, onto their website, right? And I think you and I are probably mm-hmm. not you know, crazy enough to think that that's actually really possible. I mean, sure, it can happen, but, you know, it's like hitting the lottery. So it's unlikely that's going to happen. I'm a heavy player on both FanDuel and DraftKings, and I pretty much mm-hmm. never enter those contests anyway. Now, having said that, because they, they, their advertising is geared towards, you know, individual people winning big, giant amounts of money with no work at all, it sort of makes it seem, seem so easy. You know they're targeting people, and then the people get in, and they, you know, you find out that there are professionals in here who do <laughs> yeah. this for a living, right? Sharks, and 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 look, to be fair, that's fine, but but 
the sites ha- you know, don't provide that information in their advertising, and it makes it seem like you're just going up against your buddy down the street and you're going to win a million dollars. Now, Yeah, like the issue, commercial where the guys are in the backyard of the barbecue. Yeah, come on now. I mean, and look, I've been playing, <laughs> I've been playing pretty heavily. I've been playing pretty heavily for two years. Um, I mostly play cash. I mostly play my, you know, small stakes, and I've never had a six-figure cash out. You know, and, and, and that doesn't bother me because I understand what's going on, but I think that the people that are targeting with their advertising has painted them in a negative light because it's not the reality of daily fantasy sports. And then when you find out that you've got your, your, these top players who you know, are playing hundreds and hundreds of lineups in the same tournament as a strategy to win these tournaments, then it's like, well, wait a minute. I don't want to play against a, you know, some, some professional that's got 100 professional lineups. Um, or at least I want that to be to be clear. Um, the problem is that back when when FanDuel and DraftKings could have done something to the game to make it appear more fair, they chose to do nothing. Or or worse, they actually didn't do nothing. They allowed these things to happen. And I actually am of the belief that that you know these sites are above board. Everything's above board. Nobody's cheating, or at least nobody within the sort of within the companies are cheating you know and you know when there's big money being played somebody's going to try to find game the system my issue is is that you know i have tried i I have tried to put in 20 lineups into a into a tournament and it takes a long time i don't have that kind of time i have a day job just like you so if you're a professional professional and you want to put in a thousand lineups you can write a script to do it these scripts are you – know, there are scripts that are publicly available. You can go to, to a site like Roto-Grinders, and it's right there on the homepage. Here's a script to enter lineups. You know, their whole ra- rationale was, well, if these guys have it, everyone should have it. So they made it publicly available, which, you know, fair. But I think as the, the, the sites need to go back and look at that and say, well, wait a minute. This fair or unfair, this looks bad. It looks like you know people who don't understand what the scripts do or that want to grab sensational headlines are going to look at that and say these guys have robots that are creating lineups and entering them in the tournaments while they sit back in their lazy boys and collect the money. And that's not what's happening, but that's the perception. And so now you have a situation where you've got government entities looking into it. You have uh, you know potential congressional hearings. You've got states legitimately considering uh, – uh, labeling uh, daily fantasy sports in the same category as slot machines, you know, which it's not the same thing, but this is what it's come to because FanDuel and DraftKings did not clean things up when they had the opportunity. You know, there was a big, you're right, there was a big hubbub um, during the MLB season about these scripts, and the sites said, we're going to allow it. And, you know, some of the more prominent voices in daily fantasies, voices that I respect, like, you know, like Dan Bach um, and a couple of other guys, they, they said, this is crazy. Like, why, why, not that they think that anyone's cheating, but you simply shouldn't allow this because it gives the perception of an unfair advantage. And when you start running the kind of ads they're running, everyone's looking. Everybody's looking at you, and you're under a lot of scrutiny. You need to look better. You've got news, uh, I think it was either yesterday or today, I think it was yesterday, Stars Draft, which most of the listeners, in case you don't know, Stars Draft is effectively Poker Stars for DFS, um, Poker Stars being the, the online poker company. Um, they pulled out of every state except for four states in the United States. Just Wow. Yeah. You've got, you've got the, the, the lawsuit, the class action lawsuit in Florida, 
Um, you've got uh, states like Illinois, Pennsylvania, all holding holding hearings about uh, you know banning or or potentially uh, uh, regulating the sport. I mean the, the the game. So there's a lot of negative publicity on the sport right now. Not to mention that I look, I play all the time. You know, you and I I talk to you about it all the time. But could they give the commercials a rest? I mean, not just yeah, like to go I mean, five I, minutes. I don't even play DFS, man, and I get people like tweeting me and IMing me. All my friends are like, "Dude, what is up with this?" I'm like, "Dude, I get just as annoyed as you. It's every five seconds." I mean, I feel like sometimes you know it's FanDuel and then the next commercial DraftKings. It's like, guys, go away. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, and you've got you know, so we so get you it. Know, You're popular. We get it. It's fun. <laughs> we play. <laughs> I can win a lot of money. I mean, and the, and the fact is, is that you know DraftKings has entered an exclusive. Um, advertising deal with ESPN to this extent that they must spend something like $500 million in advertising in the next two years, right? So, like, oh these commercials aren't going to end. It's just going to continue and continue. And, again, it's certainly within their right. I mean, look, we could have a Coca-Cola or a McDonald's commercial every commercial break, and, you know, no one would get mad. But the problem is is that the commercials are, first of all, tedious and repetitive. They have yeah. the same message that's not true. They're putting guys up there like Drew Dinkmeyer. And look, Drew is a good guy. He's helped me out a lot in my game. Yeah. But Drew is a professional. Stop putting him I on laugh. screen and making – yeah, he's a professional. I laugh when I saw players like him. Because, like, okay, a couple of the guys even I was like, oh, I don't know who that is. All right, cool. I don't know who that is. And then I was like, Drew Dinkmeyer, are you kidding me? You're going to advertise that a professional fantasy player is winning a million dollars? Poor, poor yeah. advertising. Yeah. But, like, you know what the problem is? Is that the every man doesn't know who Drew Dinkmeyer is. But now they do. So the they <laughs> it's will. like – and, and, and when you have the kind of scrutiny that, that you're going to get when you start putting that kind of advertising on television, people are going to start looking. People are going to start writing blogs and tweets, and it is going to come out that, hey, you know, 65% of the people you're showing on, on TV as, as being six- and seven-figure, you know, life-winning, life-changing money, these guys are pros. Drunk Dinkmeyer, yeah. I think, had 150 lineups in the Millie Maker that, that weekend. You know, this is last year when he won the, the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings, you know, and look, good for him. Good for him, but stop pretending like he's Joe Everyman. He's not Chris Moneymaker, you know. He's no. and he's he's a professional. He does this for a living, and because they're advertising, I'm not look. They can advertise however they want. You just have to recognize the kind of scrutiny that you're going to be under when this is your your this is what you're doing. Everyone's watching you, and so that means you can't. That means that unfortunately, I don't think that somebody like Ethan. I don't think Ethan did anything wrong. I think he just made an honest mistake. He did not cheat. He he won his prize fair and square. However, if you're if you're DraftKings and that happened, you have to fire him. And I'm not calling for him to be fired because again, he's a he's uh, he's a good guy and he does a good job. But as a from a perception, you have to say this looks really bad, and we have yeah. to we have to take measures because the whole industry is at stake. Now they're gonna this 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 little powder keg that sparked this. This, this this flame it could bring the entire game to an end, you know, and 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 the the whole oh well now nobody that works for 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 a uh, DFS site can play on any DFS site. I think it's, I mean that's sort of silly. Um, I mean it had to be done, but it's sort of silly because a lot of the benefit that that these these employees bring to these sites is due to the fact that they're good players and they can they can provide good content. Um, and they need to be able to play in order to do that. And frankly, most of them make more money playing than they do working at those sites. 
Um, I mean, I don't think it needed to be done. But, you know, they, if they were going to do that, it should have already been in place, right? I mean, if that was the way that they felt, it should have already been in place. And so now – now That's the thing. They're all – they're – it's like they're going the NFL route. It's like, whoops, we messed up. Let's let's cover our butts and go over the top with our, you know, kind of like with the Ray Rice thing. It was like, yeah, well, right. we're just going to, you know, go overboard <laughs> with suspension. our penalty here. And, yeah, I, yeah no, I, well, I completely agree with you. It's pretty ridiculous what's going on. And, I, you know, I, as much as I'm not a defense player, I kind of – I've never really been able to get into it. I keep telling myself I'm going to. We've had, you know, you and I have had side conversations about this, but not yeah. that I absolutely hate it. It's just, you know, it's it's not my thing. And I mean, if it goes away, it's not going to really affect me. I will tell you that much because well, I don't I've already cover called, it. I've already I called you an old man, and you can tell all. I know. I know. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, exactly. I don't really cover it. It does not get affect me too much, but. You know, it it is a shame because it has made fantasy sports so much more popular. Um, it has, and, and they, you know. you know what? You're right. It's super popular because of things like this, and it was only going to grow. And it's, I mean, it really boils down to this now. The these sites have an opportunity now to say, okay, we want to be here to stay. How do we do that? In turn, no, look at, you know, look at themselves internally and simply say these are the things that make the most sense to do um and uh you know just and be transparent because because honestly there should be nothing to hide and if there is something to hide that keeps them from being transparent then guess what i guess it was never meant to be right because it wasn't it wasn't real to begin with and you know i think that the sites are moving towards saying you know whatever people want to do let's just do that and get this thing going and get it get moving they seem to be open to to regulation they're open to you know, doing whatever needs to be done, and that's good. And they should keep doing that, and we can, you know, hopefully keep playing. I love playing, as you know. I spend a lot of time yeah, talking absolutely. about it and, and creating lineups. I mean, NBA season's coming up, and you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to convince you to. I know you're trying to rope me, me in. Join me, join me. Um, you might convince we'll me. Be, I was already kind of leaning that way because I'm tired of season long fantasy just because the, the, I call it the Greg Popovich effect. Everybody rests all their guys, and that's the most annoying thing in the world during season-long fantasy basketball. But that's another topic to talk on. Um, (laughs) Indeed, indeed. So I want to get your final opinion on this. Do you think this lawsuit is going to do anything in the long run? Like, is defense going to get shut down? Is this guy going to win? Like, what is your ultimate, like, final opinion on what this is going to do? I do not think that um, DFS will be shut down as a result of this. Um, I can't tell you whether this guy is going to win or what winning looks like because, well, I'm not a lawyer, and like you, I haven't gone through all of the, every fine point of the actual lawsuit. Um, having said that, it will take years to, to probably actually resolve. In the meantime, I think that the FS is going to stick around. Um, I think that the sites will use this as an opportunity to, um, to clean things up to be more transparent and to do this the right way. I think that we will see some government intervention at the state, um, potentially federal level, um, around just regulating the sport and making sure that it's fair to consumers, which, frankly, I think would be a good idea. Things like getting rid of these scripts, just they got to go. And I don't actually literally – I mean, I don't have a moral objection to them. I just think that they look bad. And, you know, it's a little, they got to go. That's probably the first thing. 
you know, and and what I would love to see if I had a, if I had a wish is I'd love to see them change their advertising to focus more on how much fun Daily Fantasy is. Yeah, and and, and, and less, less about how much money. Yeah, and less about how much money you can win in one fail swoop because most because that's the big reason why everybody now is saying, oh, it's betting, it's betting, it's betting because you're just winning money. That's all it's about. And like right. that wasn't what I thought it was about. Like, yeah, cool. There's these huge prizes, but like, let's be honest, it's like winning the lottery. I mean, that's your exactly. that's almost like the chances of winning those. It was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, exactly. Like, it's it looks it's just like focused it back on how much fun it was, and like you know, that's what fantasy sports used to be was just. Let's go have some fun, and then exactly. and then it was like, hey, let's make it a little more fun. Just put a put a twenty dollars thing on the side for this whole season, you know? It's exactly. Like, yeah, like that is technically the same thing as DFS. It's like you know we've had this conversation. It's like yeah, I mean technically that's betting too, but it just seems like a lot less betting because it's twenty dollars spread across five months as opposed mm-hmm. to twenty dollars in mm-hmm. one single day when you're trying to make right. it into a million dollars, you know? So like that, and that's but, the key. Yeah, key at the end is the problem is is this idea of turning one dollar into a million dollars that's made it hard for people because really if they focused on what we were already doing to begin with you know you and i and and, and the folks that we we you know talk to we talk about daily fantasy all day every day in all of its various forms if it's mlb if it's nba if it's, if it's football you know it hasn't really changed the amount of time i spend on daily fantasy football one bit it just focused my my research a little bit differently and so if they focused in on that aspect, like, hey, instead of playing the whole season and, and, and sort of figuring out the winners, then we figure out the winners every week. It's super fun. It makes the games more interesting. You can, you know, some of the things that you touch on, you know, you don't have to worry. You know, if Jamal Charles goes down like he did, you know, last week or well, two weeks ago at this point, you know, you don't have to – your season's not over, right? You know, you can, you can put, you know, start over again, and you can put Arian Foster on your team and, and you know, go from there. So focus on the fact that daily fantasy sports and fantasy sports in general are fun and – it, and by the way, yeah, you can make a couple of bucks. You know, isn't it fun to, to bet with? Maybe they should focus on some of the, hey, you can put together a league with your friends. You don't have to play against these sharks. You can play head-to-head against your buddy. You know, you can do all these sorts of things on these sites and focus on that and less about the lottery aspect of on it. And like you said, that will make it feel a lot less like gambling. There's my take. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, I know you got to go. I held you here a little longer than uh... – than I told you I would. Uh, but no, it's all good stuff, man. And tell your wife, thank you for uh, letting you jump on here. It's such short notice. Uh, I know she's probably sitting next to you, scouring at you and probably probably trying to give the death eyes to the phone. I feel them. Uh, all right. Um, but yeah, no, uh, all good stuff, man. You know, good, good to hear your opinion. Because, you know, I could give my opinion, but I'm not a DFS guy. I wanted to hear it from somebody else. Uh, so yeah, I, I will. It, I will let nowhere. you go. Yeah, we'll we'll yes, see sir. what happens. I'm sure it's gonna. You know, the story's not going anywhere for a while. I don't no, think. True. But um, but yeah, I'll let true. you go, and uh, hopefully AJ jumps on here soon. But in the meantime, I got some other things I can talk about. So. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Have a good night. Thanks again. Take take it easy. All yeah. Right. See you, man. Bye. So yeah, that was Keenan. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at the Leaf Node, all spelled out. Um, he's a good guy, and um, he definitely he's definitely passionate about the DFS. So um, if you ever have any you know questions, you need some advice, go ahead and ask him there. He writes an article on FantasySixPack.net. It's usually out on Fridays or Saturdays. You know, work 
sometimes gets in the way. I give him a pass on that a little bit, so it's all right. Um, so, yeah, moving on here. Uh, yeah, we spent probably about 15 minutes longer than I thought of going to on that, but it's that was a, that was a good topic, I thought, and it's very interesting to get into. But moving on, and so I want to, as we always do, get back into kind of some of the week six big stories, and then we'll move on to some week seven preparation. So in week six, um, I think probably one of the biggest stories is just Peyton Manning at this point. I mean, what do we do with this guy now? Um, is he done? I mean, that's the big question everybody's asking. Is he, is he done? I mean, his arm, his arm strength looks absolutely terrible. Um, four of his six games, he has now scored in single-digit fantasy points. Um, not good. The other two were great. They were in the 20s. You know, I, I thought you know, after game one, he had two 20-point performances in a row. I was like, yeah, all right, good stuff. Um, but, no, nah, it's just it's just something's not right. He's actually throwing more interceptions than he has touchdowns, which is surprising. And, you know, seriously, you've got to ask yourself at this point, can you trust him moving forward on your fantasy team if you own him? I, for one, have him in one league, and I will tell you, I am putting in bids for Blake Bortles this week. Um, I have Tyrod Taylor sitting on my bench. So I kind of in desperation mode. I need a quarterback because I'm not really sure Tyrod's going to start. And I'm not, obviously, Denver's on a bye. So I need somebody. But even if Denver wasn't on a bye, I'm dropping Peyton Manning at this point. He's, I just don't think he's going to, I just don't think he has it anymore. Um, it, it's unfortunate. And it's, and it's really hard to say we can, you know, it's it's really hard to say to drop somebody like Peyton Manning, but you know, facts are facts at this point, and you can just without even seeing it, you can look at the numbers and just kind of tell something's wrong. And I believe we've got AJ on the line, so let me pull him on. AJ, are you there, man? What's going on? Yeah, I'm uh, finally here. Apologize for All right. my extra tardiness tonight yeah i was gonna say you're always late i've always got to figure something out but it was all good i got uh i had keenan come on and uh fill in for the dfs debate oh okay uh, nice. it was good he you know dfs player there so definitely a better better person to have on than either one of us i know you kind of dabble here and there but he's he's pretty into it so it was a good topic but yeah so i I want to move on from Peyton Manning because, you know, we, we ran over time with, with the DFS stuff and we got a lot to cover and I don't want to go till 1030 tonight if we can help it. But um, yeah. the only, our, the only thing I'll say about Manning is I, I caught in on your, you know, the end of your rant there, but I, I disagree with the dropping of him because you know, somebody else in your league is going to pick him up. I agree. Who cares? That's the stats aren't there. Him, he's, he's been what? horrible. You got to think he's going to turn it around. I mean, this this team is Why? is undefeated. They're on their way to the playoffs, and you know, not maybe of him. he's not even a hundred percent healthy right now. Maybe that's what the problem is, and nobody knows that other than him and and maybe some of the people on the team. But you know, they're I don't think he is healthy. It. But I don't think I don't it's going to be a bye mean, week that's going to fix it. I think it's going to yeah. be he needs to be shut down to fix it. 
And, and that uh, I think be. it's a neck. Um, I think it's his neck shoulder issue, and I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. And honestly, if somebody else wants to pick him up and roll the dice and start him, be my guess. I don't want anything yeah. to do with him at this point. He has burned me. I'm three and three in that league. I have a good team in that league, except for Peyton Manning. I just need a quarterback who can get me 12 to 15 points, and I'd have a much better record. Instead, he has given me eight and nine and seven. Yeah, I see it, like, but I would. I'm not doing it. I would try to find somebody to trade with. You know, even if you're getting eighty trade. cents on the dollar, it's better than losing. You know, completely. I guarantee so. you. I guarantee you. Nobody in this league. It's it's one of my so-called fancy experts leagues. Nobody in that league is going to trade me for Peyton Manning. Nobody. I might get okay. somebody's I might get somebody's sixth wide receiver, but who cares? I can go pick up better people on the waiver wire. Like right. well, no one is trading you in that league. That's my thought. But, but I don't I don't think I'm dropping him yet, but I, I I'm not far away. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well speaking of dropping people, Andre Ellington, what do you do with <laughs> this guy? He had nine snaps last week. I mean, this was his backfield and he's let Bruce Arians drives me nuts with running backs. I mean, in my opinion, Andre Ellington is the best running back on that team. Chris Johnson's okay. He's played well, but it's Chris Johnson. We all know the guy's kind of washed up. Um, David Johnson might be pretty good, but not yet. Uh, but nine snaps last week, he got three touches. This guy's got to be cuttable, right? Like, this, I mean, he's not getting any playing time. Why are you keeping him? Yeah, I, I, I've i never really bought into the whole Andre Ellington craze that I feel like everybody else has. Um, I, I did have him on a team last year, though, but maybe that's partially why I'm kind of burned out because he, he just wasn't good. And, and, you know, you're going out and you're spending, you know, a fairly high draft pick on, on him, hoping that he's going to be there. But like you said, Johnson is who he is right now, but hell, he's showing some pretty solid flashes, and you know, he's a former 2,000-yard rusher, throw away. He hasn't done that lately, obviously, but I mean, he's obviously got the skill set there, and I I just don't... Arians is like Bill Belichick you know, light when it comes to running backs, Uh, and you just—it's so tough to own any of those backs. But at this point, I—I I would have already cut Ellington probably. Um, I just—I just don't like him. I don't think he's worth worth the the, the hype, and he's just not—he's not showing anything. Yeah, I mean, to me, he's got the talent, and when he's given the opportunity, he's shown he can get it done. Especially in PPR leagues, you know, he'll catch a bunch of passes out of the backfield. He's very valuable. I mean, I—I I, I said it last year or at the beginning of the, in the off season last year, if he hadn't been hurt in the games he played, uh, I think he was a top 12 PPR back. If you average out his points, he still finished as a top 20 PPR back and he missed the final four and a half games. That's pretty crazy. Um, so he's got the talent. It's just Bruce Arians likes his, uh, you know, he likes his workhorse. His workhorse is right now is going to be Chris Johnson, and I think Ellington can definitely be uh, 
you know, it could definitely be dropped. I think uh, I think it's time to move on from him. So, yeah, I, I agree. But moving on to another another running back that you know that we we should you know maybe look at dropping too. Uh, and I might butcher his name here, Charkandrick West, the uh, the no, new. Okay, the the new uh, the new Jamal Charles, um, at least according to everybody who had Jamal Charles go down and lost him, me being one of them. You know, I went out in both of my leagues. I put in a claim for this guy. I didn't get him, but looking at what he did, I think I'm okay with it. Nine carries, <laughs> yeah. thirty three yards. I mean, that's laughable. Uh, and, and for all the hype that he got coming in, like, oh, he's already supplanted uh, Niall Davis, and, you know, he's the back to own in, in Kansas City. I mean, right now, you don't really want to own any of the backs in Kansas City. And no, hell, not. I don't even think you want to really own anybody in Kansas City that's not named Jeremy Macklin. And I don't we'll even know if I Jeremy later, Macklin anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's, for, he's I mean, dealing with... Regardless, I think this offense is kind of going to just be stagnant and awful the rest of the season. Jamal Charles, yeah. I think, created that offense, made it what it was. Everybody was worried about him. He created holes for everybody else. Kelsey still might be valuable, especially in PPR leagues, because I think he'll get a lot of targets across the middle. But other than that, I'm kind of staying away from everybody here on this offense. I agree with you completely. I went out and pretty high on him in a couple of leagues that I had fab money in and uh, I got him in one. I think I spent $53 out of my 78 left. So I spent a good yeah. chunk of change on him uh, and got him. But in my other league, somebody spent 95 out of his hundred to get him. That is um, mistake. So, I mean, yeah. just, but like, look, I get it at this point in week, six last week. I get it. Who else oh, yeah. is going I mean, you're to pretty be much available at some point? You know, who who else is going to be available later in the season that's going to have the opportunity that he does? It's going to take another major, major injury middle of the season for somebody Absolutely. like that to be around. So I get it. Go all in, you know, especially if you're desperate, especially if you're a Charles owner and you had nobody else on your team, you are almost forced to do it. You know, I had this conversation last week with Patrick who, who fill in for you when you, uh, when you couldn't make it last week, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a Charles owner and you're desperate, you've got total junk on your team, you kind of are forced to go in. It may be not, it might not work out, but seriously, like who else are you spending your fab money on at this point? Well, that that is me. I mean, in our league, he was my best player, obviously, my first-round pick, and the rest of my running back crew is not very good. Uh, I mean, LeGarrette Blount is, is playing well for, for what he is, but I'm looking at C.J. Spiller, Amir Abdullah, and Darren Sproles, so that's rough, man. <laughs> my, I mean, running backs in general. We've already talked about how they're they're kind of down this year, and there's not amount of you know guys that you can depend on week in and week out. But man, I mean, my my running backs are brutal right now without him there. And you know, I and I did kind of know going in when I drafted him, 
he's potentially an injury risk, but he's a stud when he's on there. And like you said, he makes that team go. I mean, he yep. is the heart and soul of that team. And, and I think that that was part of their problem last week is that, you know, and even the week before after he went out, that sucked all the life out of that team. And that's why they yes, lost. It did. I mean, Minnesota's and, a pretty a decent defense, but that was, that yeah. was a joke. I, I picked up – I had the Rams as my defense in all my leagues or in two of my leagues. And I in one of my leagues, I dropped them uh, and, and subbed in Minnesota. Well, obviously, the Rams were on buys. I needed something. But Minnesota was available. And I was looking at them going, you know – Kansas City looks like a good team to play against right now. Let's play them. And it, it worked out pretty well for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I kind of am staying away. I mean, obviously, I'm not dropping West, you know, give him a chance. It could have just been a bad game for that team in general. You never know. Um, obviously, Andy Reid likes him. But, you know, uh, it's 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 definitely a disappointment. It, it could be It could be the time to, like, if you really want to take a chance on him, it could be super buy low time to get uh, to get West from the owner because he could just be so pissed off that he spent so much money on him he wants any sort of return from him. Uh, if yeah. you think he's going to be decent at all and you need running back help, it could be a real good buy low period for him. That's something else to think about. I don't know. I just thought that crossed my mind randomly. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got to do better than what he did. Um, but you know, Davis has been there before and he's been you know, successful, if you will. So either way, you know, get what you can. If if, if you can get him low, then great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'd still probably take him at this point just to, just to give it a shot. But so before we get into the week seven preparation, did you see the Colts fake punt play? I actually, or I did if you not, want to call it a fake punt play, I I, I see did it? catch. I didn't see it when it happened, um, but oh, okay. I heard about oh, you know it. that there was something going on with it, and I, I pulled it up on YouTube because I, I had to see what this was. And, and I it still is possibly one of the funniest plays I've ever seen. I, I still don't know what it was. Like what? What were they trying to do here? I have no idea. Somebody, one of my one of my friends, I tweeted about. I tweeted immediately after it happened. I went, I have no idea what the Colts just played or what that what that play was for the Colts. It's probably the dumbest play I've ever seen, and that says a lot. Um, and somebody immediately, <laughs> one of my friends, Redskins fan, tweeted back to me and put a clip of this like fake field goal play that the Redskins tried where they had the punter or the field goal kicker back and and everybody out to the left and the field goal kicker got it and just chucked it up in the air and it got intercepted and pulled back. I think they're going, yeah, that was bad, but at least they got the playoff. And they didn't get a a start on the play. A, (laughs) A, there wasn't a, a, there wasn't a penalty on the play. They didn't get a legal formation. B, they got they at least threw the pass. They didn't have the 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 kicker under center, and it wasn't even a center. It was wide receiver Waylon Griffin. Everybody, um, I don't know if, how many people realize that it wasn't even a lineman snapping the ball. It was Waylon Griffin, um, 
I don't know how you possibly think that when you line this up, there's a wide receiver snapping the ball to a safety who is under, under center, and there are two defenders immediately across from the guy. He can only block one if he could even block one. And then there's like three more just to the right of that. I mean, the guy was clearly going to get destroyed, and it happened. I was I was laughing so hard when it happened. It's <laughs> it, hilarious. It's, it's the third quarter. Okay, you're down six points. There's a minute 14 left, you know, and it's fourth and three. If you're going to go for it on fourth and three, A, you're not going to go for it when you're on your own 37-yard line. And B, to me, the only way this play could have potentially worked, and maybe this is how it was supposed to be designed, you know, but it went horribly wrong, you have the guy that's standing way back, you know, on the 23, 24-yard line close to the sideline. So if they actually got the hike off, even though you have, you know, four guys standing in front of two, and that guy turned and quickly threw it backwards, like a basically a, you know, reverse pass to that guy, and then he punted it, eh, okay, then it would have been pretty cool looking if they got it off. But other than that, I have there was no, no idea what's going on right now. I have no I mean, idea. It was, it, I didn't time it, but it couldn't have been longer than like half a second until the guy was tackled. He basically hiked oh, yeah. on the duct because he knew he was going to get crushed. <laughs> yeah, like he's sitting there like, uh, hey, coach, uh, I don't think this is a good idea. I, I don't know if I want to hike this ball. And then it's like, oh, somebody somebody moved, you know, false start. And he still got wrecked. I mean, it's, it's, I, I have no idea. Just bizarre. Yeah, yeah it was, completely it was bizarre one play. Of the weirdest. It was definitely the weirdest play I've ever seen in the NFL. And there's, I mean, there's, there's been some weird plays that I'm sure, you know, we, I'm sure we've discussed already on this show. This was, this, this one takes the cake, man. This, this one's pretty weird. Um, if, if this doesn't end up as the number one on ESPN's not top not 10, top 10 yeah. and stays at number one, until next football season, then <laughs> so they have to retire take, it. <laughs> it's gonna yeah, it's gonna take something very very not top ten to top this. Definitely agree, definitely agree, man. So moving on, um, we've got some injuries to talk about. Um, Marcus Mariota sprained MCL. He's not looking good for this week. Uh, although, you know, some people are saying positive sign was that he finished the game and they don't know, but they're talking it's a grade two MCL. And I'm not a doctor. Whenever you start getting up there above the grade ones, like I know it's not good. <laughs> so to yeah. me, Marcus Mariota cannot be an option for you this week if if you've got him, which is unfortunate because, I mean, he's overall been playing pretty good. So that's that's kind of a shame that you know you can't you can't use him this week. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins looks like he's close to returning, and I know you know tight end might not be that like 
drastically terrible position that everybody's used to this year. But, you know, he, he looked like a guy in week one that was going to be a legit weapon for that, for Tampa Bay. Um, I know they've, they've struggled uh, pretty much all year long, but, you know, he, he could be a good safety valve for Winston. And so I, I think that he's going to be somebody that you definitely want to go pick back up if he got dropped or, or, um, you know, if you still own him, you can slide him back in your lineup. <clears throat> um, Sammy Watkins, he – I don't know if you saw – I don't know if you were watching Red Zone this weekend, and this is the only reason why I caught it, was uh, he he hurt his ankle this weekend, and I'm actually not sure exactly what the injury is with him. I know it's his ankle, and that's all I know. But during the game, they showed him out, you know, in, in, the, in the locker room, uh, out in the – uh, not the locker room area, but kind of the tunnel going from one side of the tunnel to the other. And he, he was, he was in a boot and he had crutches. Uh, that's never a good sign. They're calling him, I think they're calling him day to day, but that looks like it's, that looked like it was a pretty bigger deal than day to day. So I think it's unlikely you get him this week. <laughs> yeah. Usually if you're wearing a boot, uh, I mean, I get that they might be wanting to protect it, but, Something like that, I would think it's more of a high ankle sprain, but you know who knows what's going on. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, luckily I think the the bye week's gonna help him big time. He hurt his shoulder on um, on a play late in the game, late in regulation of that that game on uh, uh, on on Sunday for Denver. Um, he grabbed it. Pretty quickly after it happened on a diving catch, but uh, shoulder, they're calling him day-to-day. Um, the bye week's probably going to be a good thing for him. Allen Robinson injured his leg. Good good news is x-rays were negative. Sounds like he'll probably be ready to go this week, but it's something you're going to have to keep an eye on for his owners, and he's been a beast this year. Um, and Jeremy Macklin, he's now going to be in the concussion protocol. So yeah. you may not have Jamal Charles or Jeremy Macklin for that team. Um, run away, run away from the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you have the defense playing them, that might be a very good one. A good one to yeah, use. Again that's a week. good thing. I would highly play. I mean, not that you're not gonna, or that you're benching Kelsey this week, but you know Pittsburgh's been atrocious against opposing tight ends. So uh, I would, I would highly recommend playing him again. Not, not that you wouldn't, but expect yeah. good things. Hopefully. Uh, that's probably going to be a, a good play for him. He's going to be the only guy that's going to get the ball, it seems like. So I think that's all I've got for the injury news. Um, all right. probably missing some big ones. But. Slip on over to some uh, some waiver wire ads for this week. Um, first one, and it's like the revolving door of, of injuries in Dallas, uh, but this time I think it's more, more a production standpoint. Uh, Christine Michael. Um, you know, this is a guy who's coming out from Seattle, and uh, it sounds like he might be the starting back this week. Um, Garrett, I believe, was saying that they're they're ready to take the you know take the training wheels off and and let him go. So I still think right now, in my opinion, I think Randall's still going to end up starting, but I think he's going to get a big chunk of his. Uh, his stuff taken away. 
Um, I actually so. kind of think Christy Michael is going to start this game, but I'm just not really sure I want to go anywhere near this uh, this, this situation. I did pick up Michael in one league um, just because I was like, well, I've got junk down there at the bottom of my roster. Why not take a shot? But I'm not starting in this week. I just don't trust that team right now. They're, the whole running game situation is a mess. Yeah. Uh, the next one we're looking at here is uh, – you know, Brandon LaFell for the Patriots. Uh, he's returning this week, so that's definitely someone to look out for. He he was pretty productive last year for them, and uh, I, I'm glad he's coming back. I, I think, you know, Brady is on this mission to prove everything that he can about the type of player he is, and he's not a cheater, blah, 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 and the Patriots in general are on that mission, so the more weapons they have, the better. Um, yeah, I think I, uh, the, the probably one of the bigger takes from this, with LaFell coming back, I think we've noticed that Edelman has been scoring a lot more touchdowns than he usually does, and I'm definitely happy yep. because I own Edelman in one of my leagues. I think <laughs> you're going to have to be be careful of that going forward. I don't think you can trust Edelman to be scoring all these touchdowns. Um, LaFell is a legit target for Brady, and he, you're going to see some of those targets go toward LaFell that were generally going toward Edelman. Edelman's still going to be good, but you might not get those yeah, touchdowns. He's, he's still going to get his yardage, um, but I, I agree. He, his touchdown totals could dip a little bit now. And, and even, you know, Edelman's really been, you know, the focal point, I feel like. Gronk's still getting, you know, some some targets and some touchdowns, but – he's kind of fallen off a little bit in my mind, just based on his points, you know, obviously he had a huge week one and that wasn't going to maintain, but it seems like Brady's been going more towards Edelman and he's been a little banged up and everything. So I think LaFell coming back will definitely be a welcome sight for yeah, Brady. I just, I just think teams have been bracket covering, covering him. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard. Gronk gets hit at the last scrimmage and gets hit a little later down there. He's getting like triple covered every play. I mean, well, yeah. but it's, it's a matter of Brady's still finding guys, so they've got to stop doing that. But whatever. Yeah. So next guy we got on here, uh, Stefan Diggs from Minnesota. Um, I, I like this guy a lot. And uh, I watched uh, the game a couple weeks ago. It, it happened to be televised here. Um, I want to say it was the Denver game. And and he came out to play, and, and you know, he, he was their go-to guy, it seemed like. So, I mean, do you think he's taken over Charles Johnson as the, the uh, you know, that, next guy? I was going to say that. Like, it's going to be tough because Charles Johnson's obviously been out, um, and the rumors are that he's coming back this week. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how that happens. You know, Greg um, – or no, who's their, who's their other guy? Um Another reason. I'm oh, totally Cord- blanking Cordero on Patterson. No, it's definitely not him. He isn't done the other? Mike Wallace is the main guy. Mike Wallace. I mean, Mike Wallace, you know, he's been good. He's not going to take over Mike Wallace. You got to wonder, though, because Charles Johnson struggled the first couple weeks of the season. This guy's obviously doing really well. You know, this, you know, could they bring back Charles Johnson real slow and just see how he plays and still give Diggs more of the chances? I'm I'm trying to take a flyer on him in a couple of leagues. I figure why not? You know, if, yeah. If he's got I mean, Mike Mike Wallace has yet to eclipse 100 yards this year. He's only got one touchdown, and it was that Denver game. 
that was like his breakout game. Um, but other than that, I mean, he's he's been pretty mediocre. And, you know, Diggs is now two straight games with, you know, solid production. Um, no touchdowns yet, but he's only really played in those two games or had, you know, any kind of yardage in two games. So, right. you know, Detroit's, Detroit's not great against the pass. So I could see him having a pretty good game. Um, but... Yeah, we'll we'll have to see what happens between him and and Johnson for sure. Uh, then the last guy uh, I want to mention here is uh, James Starks for for Green Bay. Now, there's a lot of talk about Lacey and how he he always has these slow starts, but then he just like picks it up at the end of the season and he doesn't really get into game playing shape until November, which is kind of absurd, but it does kind of go with what's happened. But Lacey's pretty banged up now, too. And, and uh, you know, Starks started that game uh, this past weekend. You know, the only downside about him is that he's coming into a bye week. So do you run the risk of picking up a guy who's not going to even play for two more weeks? Um, I probably would. If you need running back help, you know, he's there. He's been he's been productive this year. You, you can't hide that and you know deny that it's there. Yeah, so, no, I agree. I don't know I what think, you think about think Starks, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that's somebody you're definitely going to have to target. Um, there's no reason not to at this point. So uh, Lacey looks banged up, and Starks Starks got the start this past week. I mean, that's just kind of crazy. So. I mean, I'm trying to go after him in a couple of weeks. I don't think I'm going to get him because I'm not going to put a lot of money on him, but it's definitely something yeah. that uh, I'm looking at. Yeah, so, so that's pretty much it for the waivers. Yeah, so to finish off like we always do, um, you know, we'll, we'll go through our our sleeper bus picks and um, and you know, but we'll start we'll start off here with our our best game, our, our favorite, you know, whatever best, best and worst game of the week. As far as as far as fantasy goes, you know, I'll, I'll start off here real quick with the best game. You know, honestly, there, there's not a lot of great games this week as far as fantasy goes. I think it's gonna be. I honestly think you're gonna have a lot of blowouts, um, or just kind of a lot of dull games. Like, I mean, let's be honest, Tampa Bay and Washington. Um, I'm not really super excited about that game, even though I'm a Redskins fan and they could possibly win that one. But, uh, I mean, do Yeek. Uh, God, man, Saints and Saints and Colts is the highest over under, but you know, not to go with the obvious here, I guess, I guess I'll lean with, um, the the Dallas uh, actually no man the Dallas Cowboys guy their offense is so trash. You know what I'm gonna right. say, I'm gonna go Oakland San Diego. I'm gonna go Oakland San Diego. Um, San Diego's offense is is looking looking good with with your boy Gates back. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Oakland's offense is uh you know a lot better this year, but neither team's defense is really any good. So you know this could be a pretty high scoring game. I, I think. If you have players in in this game, you're you're feeling pretty good about it. 
Yeah, that um, you know, that was the, the the one biggest thing that I missed about not being here last week was that I got to, you know, pump up my boy Gates to you and and uh, the huge two touchdown, <laughs> ninety two yard game that he I had know. against Pittsburgh. But uh, you know, he 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 didn't have the touchdowns this past week. He still went nine for ninety five. So yeah, Stuff's there, man. Can't argue production. No, you cannot, man. He, you know, I'll say this by Gates. He always does it. He comes out like lightning in a bottle, and then he sizzles big time. So, yeah, maybe maybe a four game suspension where he didn't have to play. You know, he could save some save some stuff for later in the year is going to help him kind of keep it going. But we'll see. I mean, I never denied the talent. I just think he's old and he'll get tired. <laughs> All right, so my best game, I, I agree. It was very tough to try to look down this slate and find something that was really good. But to me, the, the Jets at New England game is, in my mind, going to be the best fantasy game. I mean, you've got the high-powered offense of New England getting LaFell back now, and it's going up against one of the toughest defenses in the league. Um, I, I mean, just looking at, at how the Jets have, have a, you know, played against all the different positions, you know, they're in the top for pretty much all the positions. So I think it's going to be a tough game for Brady. I think, you know, the Jets are just going to maintain their, their solid defense. Um I, I still think New England's going to win, but I don't think it's going to be some like huge blowout that they've had, you know, throughout a lot of the season. So that's to me, you know, and, and New England they're not good against the pass. So you know, the receivers out there, you know, Decker and, and Marshall, I think are going to have a good game, um, and they're they're going to be you know they're going to be winging the ball around. Fitzpatrick's going to be out there. He's been in this division alone, you know, on multiple teams. So he knows these guys. I, I think he'll uh, he'll put it together, and, and they're going to have a pretty solid outing. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty close game, 24-20 or something like that. All right, all right. That uh, that's a that's a bold pick. I wasn't uh, wasn't looking at that one for a very high. But, you know, I've been surprised more than once this year, so wouldn't totally put it past it to happen. My my least favorite game, I think I kind of already said it. Well, actually, I'm I'm looking at two, so I might steal yours. So obviously, I don't like the Redskins game, but yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised to see this Pittsburgh Kansas City game be a total stinker, especially if Big Ben does not play, which I don't think he will. Um, Kansas City obviously is due to without Jamal Charles, and they probably won't have Macklin. Um, and Pittsburgh is going to be starting Landry. Now, Landry did look good when he came in after Vic, but, man, they can't seem to find – they can't seem to get Antonio Brown the ball. Um, Le'Veon Bell looked bad. The offense just looks terrible without Big Ben there, and I wouldn't surprise be surprised at all if this was like a 13-6 to game or something like that. It's just going to be ugly. Yeah, I <clears> – <throat> You did steal mine initially. I, I kind of – I'll touch on Pittsburgh later, but um, 
Yeah, I'm going with Tampa Bay, Washington here. I think it'll be interesting to see if Doug Martin can maintain his, you know, his breakout that he's on right now. Uh, Washington, again, as much as I hate to give them credit, they do have a pretty stingy run defense. Um, Not anymore. Albeit, uh, yeah, I was going to say, albeit I feel two like weeks in a row. <laughs> two weeks in a row, they've let up a good amount. So that's the that's the intriguing matchup of that game for me is Doug Martin versus that defense. Can they get back to where they were stopping the run, um, you know, or is he going to produce? Um, but everyone else in that game, you know, the quarterbacks are meh, you know, the receiving cores are meh. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping Mike Evans figures it out and remembers how to play football, but I, I don't know. I, I just – that game does nothing for me. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. I, you know, I, I'm a Redskins fan, and it's hard to watch. It really is. In fact, I don't watch a lot. I watch a lot of Red Zone. Um, <laughs> yeah, moving on to our sleepers and busts. So, so my sleeper quarterback this week, it probably shouldn't be much of a sleeper, but I feel like people are downgrading him because of the MCL injury. But, like, if he goes, I think he's going to be fine. Like, as a running quarterback – you can't risk going out there with a bad MCL. That's my opinion. So he's got to be healthy, and that's Tyrod Taylor. It gets the Jaguars. Um, yeah, it's over in London, and those games are kind of iffy. Like, I don't really like to pick people in that game, but Tyrod Taylor has proven nothing but to be good this year. And, yeah, I think he can do some damage against the Jags. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pulling for Tyrod, you know, just because he's a hokey and – you know, and I have him on both my teams, so I'd like to see him get healthy and play. But my uh, my sleeper quarterback is actually Landry Jones. I, I think you know, I know you you don't like that game, and, and I'm not in love with it myself. But Kansas City is horrible, horrible against the pass, and every team that comes in there just dominates them through the air. So I really just, you know, and Jones had a huge connection going on with Martavis Bryant last week. You know, if they're going to have a full week of practice together, which I think they will, and hopefully he remembers that they have Antonio Brown on their team because he did jack squat for me last week. Um, I think both of those guys are are gonna just be all over the field, and I don't. Vic sounds like he's already kind of decided that he's out. Um, so that you know, Does is pretty much par for the course anymore? for him. What's that? I don't even know if Vic wants to play football anymore. I think he's kind of done. I, I, he just looks yeah, uninterested I, when he's out there. I just and I don't get it because he's still fast. I mean, he's he's still got a strong arm, but yeah, I agree. He's just like, meh. I don't know if I want to be here. Eh, I'm getting a year's contract, you know, no, whatever. It's cool. Like that must be fucking nice. I mean, to be able to do that. <laughs> Excuse my language, but I don't think. Yeah, that I would. I, I would be okay with that kind of lifestyle. Like, hey, I'll just collect a paycheck and sit here on the sidelines and watch football. Yeah. But I, I don't think Ben will be back this week. It, it depends on how it goes nah. in practice, but I think he's still at least a week, maybe two away. 
Um, so Landry Jones could be the guy, and this is a great week for him to to come up big. KC's got to you know put it together, but they're tough at home usually, but but not so much this year. Yeah. So, um, moving on to running backs, I'm kind of I kind of seem to be kind of right on par with with the rankings as far as all the running backs. Um, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Alfred Morris, uh, just because Tampa Bay's defense isn't very good. And if Matt Jones is, is banged up again and misses time, I actually don't know what his status is. But, you know, the fact that he missed last week's game kind of tells me that he's not going to be healthy. Morris did not produce this past week, but come on, it was the Jets. So yeah. I'll give him a pass on that one. And uh, if you know if he can if he can get twenty carries like he used to, I think Morris can be somebody that you can you can look out for. Yeah, I think uh, I think that that the game should be his to go with. So see if he can get back on it. Um, I mean, my my sleeper running back this week is my boy Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I mean, San Fran still not a very good team. I mean, Baltimore that was probably like the best possible thing for them to happen because Baltimore made them look awesome. Um, and they, they kind of do that with a, a lot of teams right now. Um, hate to say that being a hometown guy, but Marshawn has averaged just under 100 yards per game versus San Fran last season. And he had, had a, a touchdown in one of those games. I mean, he seemed like he was healthy. He didn't have a great game this past week, but Thomas Rawls, who was like the waiver wire darling while he was out, is it was non-existent. So to me, the game is going to Lynch. It's going to be in his hands, and, and I, I, I think he's going to come back big and and hopefully get back to you know close to that average. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's. I don't know if you can really call it a sleeper, but you know that's that's not a bad one. Yeah, my sleeper wide receiver is going to be Amari Cooper. Um, I think people kind of have forgotten about him after the bye week, um, but this guy's been really done nothing but produce all season long, going against a, a Chargers defense that that really isn't good. Um, I've lost my lost my stat here on on just where. Um, actually, actually, dang, Chargers actually do stop the receivers pretty good. But I think I was going to say, let me let me flip the script a bit I here know, I and say I, that I my buzz week is Amari Cooper. I San Diego has only one. allowed one touchdown to a receiver at home this this year, and I, I mean they have a pretty stout defense um, against the receivers. So I mean it's not. You know, I don't. I just don't see Cooper coming up big right now. I mean, he's got what two touchdowns all year, and like you said, I mean, people kind of forgot about him a little bit. But you know, the last two games, he's he's been under fifty yards both games against Chicago, and then Denver is acceptable because they have a great defense. But right. Well, that Chicago game, the whole 
Oakland team just looked horrible in that game. I don't know they, what happened. They did. I mean, the only saving grace he had was that touchdown in that game. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's kind of – he's been decent, you know, especially in a full-point uh, PPR game uh, league. But I just – I don't see it. I mean, coming off the bye is nice. He's he's a little more well-rested. But like I said, I mean, let's San Diego – Let's be honest, though. San Diego has shut down Minnesota. Who cares? They shut down Cleveland's passing offense. Who cares? Then they shut down a Pittsburgh team that didn't have Big Ben. And actually, they didn't really shut him down. They kind of shut down Green Bay. But, I mean, Green Bay doesn't quite look the same. Um, Detroit's a mess. They did not shut down Cincinnati. So, I kind of, you know, the Chargers have been pretty good, but when you kind of look at it a little more now that I am looking at it, I'm still going to stick with Cooper. I think yeah. that, you I know, mean, it's, it, don't, they're, don't sleep on them. Their yeah, ranking against, right. you know, it is a bit skewed because of the teams they've played. But, yeah, since he is the only one that, that got, you know, two touchdowns out of their receivers, but they only had just over 100 yards. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I still... I wouldn't be surprised if he did get a touchdown this week, but I, he's still my bust. I think he's he's going to potentially get shut down. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's okay. Just just to let you know, Cincinnati also scored a touchdown with their tight end that week. Um, so there you go. Um, yeah. So I, I will let you lead the way. Well, I guess you still have to give your, right. your sleeper. Well, yeah, so my, my sleeper, sleeper receiver, receiver right? yeah, since I've kind of jumped the gun here a little bit. It's all right. Uh, my sleeper receiver is John Brown for Arizona. Um, I mean, you saw what the former Baltimore receivers did to Baltimore last week, so there's probably mm-hmm. a little bit of a revenge factor. Um, but – Still, Baltimore, like I said, they're they're just not not good right now, and, and their their defensive backs have been their Achilles heel for a couple of years now. Um, you know, John Brown's been been playing pretty well, and you know, being at home on a Monday night, you know, primetime game, everybody's watching. I think he's going to come up big, and and, and I think you know, uh, Larry Larry Fitzgerald probably will as well, um, but. He's the guy I like. I think they're going to try to cover Fitzgerald more. Um, but, I mean, he's coming off a 10-catch, 196-yard performance against Pittsburgh. So, yeah, he could he could easily eclipse, you know, 130, 150 yards against Baltimore. Wow. All right. You think that two beast performances in a row? Yeah. All right. But I think I do think he finds the end zone this week too. I mean, he's only got two touchdowns on the season, so I think yeah, he definitely he finds the end zone. Touchdown guy though, man. It seems to be Malcolm Floyd, which is or Michael Floyd, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah, it is. Um. So so I'll, I'll I'll give my bust receiver, and I don't know if you really want to call him a bust. I just don't think he's going to fulfill expectations like a lot of people think. I'm going to go back to that Pittsburgh offense. You know, I know you like Landry, but I don't know. Landry still wasn't targeting Antonio Brown, and maybe that changes with a week of practice, but um, 
he, you know, even he wasn't targeting uh, Antonio Brown when he was in. Vic definitely wasn't. Um, it was it was a Martavis Bryant show. Uh, Bryant yeah. was catching these like fifteen yard passes and running another seventy yards down the field. So, um, yeah, I kind of am not really high on Brown. Um, you know, if Big Ben can somehow miraculously come back, obviously that opinion changes, but I'm not really feeling it. Yeah, so, no, I can see that he's he's been pretty. Uh, he hasn't really helped his owners the past three, four weeks. Well, four weeks ago he had a good game, but um, last three weeks uh, under 50 yards. Last week under 30 yards. I mean that's yeah. been not very bad. Antonio Brown esque. <laughs> so no, yeah, not, he, you know, it's not his fault at all. You know, it's no, it's just kind of the nature of of what uh what he's been dealt with with, with yeah. Ben Russellberger going down. So why don't you give your uh your quarterback here and I'll follow suit. So my my quarterback bust is uh, a guy that we kinda just talked about, well at least his receivers, but Colin Kaepernick is my bust this week. Um like I said, Baltimore made him look real good last week. Um he's been kinda up and down this season in general. But overall, he he just he's had you know his other two home games were not very good. Um, you know I I just don't see him putting it putting it together versus Seattle. I mean their their defense against quarterbacks is, is you know dead average uh, this year so far. But I think some of that's kind of skewed because they didn't have Chancellor for the first couple games, but. They, you know, I think Seattle is kind of in a win, you know, must-win mode. I know San Fran definitely is, but, I mean, Kaepernick's had two good games with no turnovers, two weeks, but, again, it's against Baltimore and, and Giants. So, yeah, Seattle is a, in a league well ahead of those guys, um, and I think he'll, he'll definitely break that non-turnover streak this week, and I just don't, I don't think he's going to have a great game. No, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think everybody loves Kaepernick, so as soon as he starts showing promise, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon here. So hold your horses, people. But another guy that everybody just wants to jump on back board with is Matthew Stafford. Obviously, he had a great game this past week, the top quarterback mm-hmm. in fantasy, 34 points in standard leagues, 400 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, he looked like the Matthew Stafford of old. But – we all know who Matthew Stafford really is at this point. And to be perfectly honest with you, he's kind of an average quarterback. Um, he's kind of Jake Cutler-esque if you want to, you know. He's usable, but I would not want to rely on him the whole season. He's matchup. I think he's a matchup-based quarterback. And this is probably not one of the ones to do it in. Minnesota seems to be pretty good against you know, opposing quarterbacks, um, you know, they 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 kind of shut down pretty much everybody this year. Um, I mean, Stafford had a pretty decent game the first time, but he attempted 53 passes for 286 yeah. yards. I mean, that's I ridiculous. Mean, <laughs> when you attempt that many passes, you You're just going to have, have the to numbers that he had. I, I mean, if not more than that. I mean, that's that's saying something. He attempted 53 yeah. passes. 
and he still only managed 286 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, so yeah that's pretty I, bad. So I, I, I think I he could be an upset here. So um, my my bus is going to be Matthew Stafford. Be careful uh, jumping back on the bandwagon of him. Yeah, I I think that he could he could still have an okay game if he's throwing the ball that many times, but uh, you know it, it'll be it'll be a little different with him being at home too. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we'll see we'll see what we'll see what he does. I think he is kind of more of a matchups guy the rest of the way though. Um, but yeah, my uh, my last last bust here is my running back. I'm sticking back with the uh, the Ravens theme here. I'm going with Justin Forsett. Um, Arizona's got a stout defense as it is. Uh, they, they've only allowed one 100-plus yard rusher um, and only one rushing touchdown, uh, two separate games. But that, that rusher uh, with the 100-plus yards was Todd Gurley a couple weeks ago. Um, so, I mean... You know, Forsett, a lot of people were, were pretty high on him, including myself, coming into the year based on performance from last year. Um, but he started off real slow. You know, he wasn't really doing too much for you. And then he kind of broke out versus his division rivals of, you know, Pittsburgh and then Cleveland with 200, 120-plus yard games. Um, mm-hmm. Touchdown versus Cleveland. But, he still led the way versus San Fran last week for the team. Um, but, uh, you know, two back-to-back road games, like I said, against, uh, you know, pretty tough defense in, in Arizona. I just don't – I don't see him having a great game. I think he might, you know, kind of uh, repeat what he did last week, if that. Uh, I, I just don't – I don't think he'll get that many yards. Yeah, that's that's a good one. My boss is going to be Melvin Gordon, man. Um, this guy has just disappointed all year long, and people just keep wanting to ride the train for some reason. Um, it's it's time to to put him on your bench if you haven't already. The guy just is fumbling. There's not even the they're, they're now saying he might not even start. Um, and if he does, like, how much work is he really going to get? Woodhead looks better. Brandon Oliver is now starting to get into the mix. This is just a train wreck over there, and I, I don't want, I don't want any part of Melvin Gordon at this point until he can prove he can stay on the field and produce, and he just hasn't yet. So it's a shame. I liked Gordon coming into the season, but um, he's just not getting, the, he's just not getting the job done. I, with him in mind, he was actually, you know, one of my guys that I was looking at for this potential bust as well. I mean, is he droppable at this point? Are you are you dropping him or are you still keeping him on your bench and kind of hoping I, for the best? I don't think I don't think I'm dropping him yet because I think the Chargers still want to use him. I think they still want to get him involved. You know, they realize Woodhead's fragile. He's not a workhorse type of guy. Oliver definitely is not. They know that. They know their yeah. best chance of getting that is going to be Gordon. They just have to get his head straight, stop fumbling, pound the hole a little more um, than he is. He's dancing too much in the backfield. Um, he's not seeing the field very well. They, they've just got to work with him. I've, I've watched a few of the, the Chargers games when they get on red zone, and he mm-hmm. just – 
he just doesn't seem to get it right now. Maybe he won't this year. Who knows? But I'm not dropping him yet. There's probably not a lot of guys out there that I would pick up over top of Gordon. You've probably got more junk on your team than him if you want to pick up somebody like Starks or Christine Michael, yeah. you know, guys like that. Like, I'm not dropping Gordon yet. I'm not starting him, but I'm not dropping him. Yeah, I, I've been very disappointed in him. and But he's got a nice slate of games coming up right before the bye. I mean, Oakland is – they're pretty stout against the run, but they're still the Raiders, so you never know. Um, and then he's he's at Baltimore, and then they're, they're at home again versus Chicago in week nine. So, uh, you know, three pretty bad overall teams, but – you know, hopefully he can he can start to pick it up, and then even after the bye, he's got KC at Jacksonville, and then Denver, and then at KC again. So, you know, yeah, I mean the potential I, is there. I yeah, I just I'm not I'm I can't play somebody who's not producing. No yeah. matter you know, it's like going back to Peyton Manning. I'm not playing him anymore, but yeah. I am you know I am dropping him. It's it's different with him because. Peyton Manning just looks done. Like Peyton Manning is not throwing the ball very well. And that's yeah. different than a young running back that has just not gotten yet. It's like, I don't think Peyton Manning all of a sudden is going to be like, oh, all my arm strength is back. That's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's hey, I feel not good. happening. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyway, that is it for the show today. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for joining us. No, we went a little long, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and hopefully, we can actually get AJ to show up on time for once next week. I'm just busting. I will. Uh, I will. <laughs> I will attempt. I will attempt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave anyway, thanks. Yeah. Thanks to all uh, right. But yeah, thank you, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Definitely appreciate Keenan jumping on. That was that was a very good conversation with him about the DFS stuff. So it'll be interesting. We'll have to keep uh, keep an eye on that and keep you updated. But um, that being said, uh, have a good night, everybody, and see you all next week. All right. See you.